Shalom Uvracha to all. Welcome back to Nachyomi Torah Imecha with all you women's initiative. My name is Micha Horowitz, and today we will continue our study of Sefer Shoftim. We're up to Perik Dalet. So there's a lot that happens in Perik Dalet in a short time frame. So Hashem Safasai Tiftach Ufiya Gita Secha. We meet the famous prophetess, Devora, Devora the Nevia, Devora the Shofetas. So let us start to uh, uncover the story here. Perik Dalet begins by telling us that the children of Israel continue to do bad in the eyes of Hashem. And Ehud, the previous Shofet who we learned about, had died. And God gave them over to the hands of Yavin, the king of Canaan, who ruled in Chatzar. Now Yavin, the king of Canaan, had a Sartzava, the chieftain, the head of his army, the head of his forces, and his name was Sisra. And the children of Israel cried out to God because they realized the urgency of the situation. Why did they cry out to God? Because Sisra, the head of the forces for Yavin, the king of Canaan, had 900 chariots of iron. And he was oppressing the children of Israel with strength. Harshly, Esrim Shana. So they were under the dominion of Yavin, the king of Canaan, and his Tsar Tzava, Sisra, for 20 years. And now we are introduced to Devorah, Perek Dalet. Udevorah Isha Neviah, Esha Slapidos. He shoved to And who was the judge? Who was the leader at that time? How apropos for Nachiomi Oyu Women's Initiative. It was a woman. Her name was Devorah. She was a prophetess. She was the wife of Lapidos. And Chazal say in the Medrash that she made the Gemara, actually, sorry, maybe some address. Also, she made wicks for the Mishkan. She made wicks for the menorah and the Mishkan. And that was, she, she was called Asia Lapidos, the wife of the flame, Lapidos being a flame because she made the wicks. And she was a shofeta. She was a judge for Israel at that time. I, uh, when I speak about Devorah, when I speak about Parshas Bashalach, this aparaka, this idea, she was Devorah actually, is the um, haftar for Parshas Bashalach. I like to recall and mention my grandfather Allah Basham Yitzchak ben Moshe who was a Holocaust survivor he was in his early 20s when the war broke out he got was from Poland from the town of Krasnik he got married at the end of 1939 so I would assume he writes the end of 1939 December of 39 and his daughter his wife gave birth to a daughter 13 months later January of 1941, marked by the weekly reading of Parshas Bashalach, my wife gave birth to a daughter, who we named Devorah, after the weekly Haftorah. So my grandfather's, she was ultimately murdered by the Nazis, that child did not survive, nor did his wife, nor the rest of his family, but... He had a little girl named Devora. She was killed when she was a year and a half, I believe, by the Nazis. Yemach Shemam Vezichram. And she was one and one and a half million children. One of one and a half million children murdered by the Nazis. She was named after the prophetess Devora because she was born Parshas Bashach. Let's go back to the story. So Devora was a Nevia. She was the wife of Lapido. She was the judge of Israel at that time. And she would sit, Tachas Tomer Devora. She would sit under the day tree of Devora. Bein Harama, Ubein Beis El, Bahar Ephraim. She was situated between Rama and Beis El on the Mount of Ephraim. Where's Rama? Nevi'im Steinzeltz. This is generally identified with Aram, which is north of Jerusalem. Although some contend it is Ramatzai Tzofim, an inheritance of the tribe of Ephraim which is referred to by the verse as Bet-El in the highlands of Ephraim. So she was sitting between Ramah and Beis-El and Har-Ephraim, and the children of Israel would come up, Lamishra, she was the leader, she was the prophetess, she was the Neviah, she was the leader of the Jews at this time. How empowering, how beautiful, how wonderful to see Baruch Hashem and an important role a Basis a Jewish woman has in ensuring the stability, the spiritual health, the continuity, the teachings to Kaisra. 
And she calls Barak ben Avinoam, and she says to him, Behold, has not God, the God of Israel, commanded, Go to Har Tabor and take with you 10,000 men from Naphtali and from Zavulin. Why did she tell Barak to amass an army from Bnei Naphtali and Bnei Zavulin specifically? So, Steinzeltz Nevi'im, the northern tribes of Israel, Zavulin and Naphtali, were living under the authority of King Yavin, and they bore the brunt of his oppression. Barak, a military figure from the tribe of Naphtali, was therefore commanded to raise a large army from those tribes. So let's get the players straight, everybody, okay? We have Devorah, Aishas the Pidos, who would sit under Tachas Tomer Devorah. She was a Nevia slash Shofetas. We have Barak, the commander of the Jewish army. We have Yavin, the king of Canaan. And we have Sisra, his Sar Tzava. <coughs> Good. She tells Barak to amass an army from Bnei Naphtali and Bnei Zavulim. And what does she say? You have to go to battle. You have to draw them to Nachal Kishon, Sisra, the Sartzava, and all of the chariots, all of the riders, and God will give them in your hand. And Barak says, Im Barak says, you are the leader of Israel. The leader cannot sit home while the troops go to fight. The leader must be at the head of the army. If you go, devoured to battle. I will go. And if you do not go, I will not go. And she says, okay, I will surely go with you, but the glory of the victory will not be yours. The glory of the victory will be handed to the hands of a woman, because Hashem will give Sisra into the hands of a woman. So Devar gets up, she, a, a Jewish leader goes with the people to battle, spiritual battle, physical battle. She goes with Barak. And Baruch rouses the men from Zvulun and Naphtali, 10,000 men, and Devorah goes with them. Now we come to, in Pasuk Yeralf, an important akuda that seems unrelated to the story, but it's going to be very related. Pasuk Yeralf, V'chevir ha'keni nifrad mikayin, mibnei chovav chosein Moshe, v'yeit ohalo ad alone bitza ananim asher es kodesh. We are told another player comes into the picture now. Remember, Devorah is the Nevi'a slash Shofetas. Baruch is the commander of the Jewish army. Yavin is the king of Canaan who is subjugating the people very, very harshly, and Sisra is the Sar Tzava. Now we meet another player, another personality, biblical personality, if you will, and who is that? We are now in Pasadir Alev, Chever HaKeni. Chever, a man from the Keni family, had separated from the Keni. He was from the children of Chovav, the father-in-law of Moshe. And he, Chavar the Keni, pitched his tent on the border of the territory of Naphtali, near Kadesh, in a place called Alon B'Tzananim. Why is this relevant? It's going to be very relevant because the wife of Chavar the Keni is named Ya'el. And she is going to be another heroine of the story. I'm going to read you the commentary on this passage from Steinzeltz Nevi'im. The verse provides additional information that will become relevant later. Chever, a man from the Keni family, had separated from the Keni. Who were the Keni? They were descendants of Chovav, which is another name for Yisro, the father-in-law of Moshe. They lived amongst the Israelites, although they did not possess their own inheritance in the land. Initially, they lived in the area of Yericho, after which most of them moved to the Judean desert, Midbar Yehuda. One of their members, however, Chever, separated from the rest of the tribe and wandered north. Remember, the story is taking place in the north. Therefore, this biblical narrative, I shouldn't say story. Therefore, Chavar the Keni pitched his tent on the border of Naphtali. Remember, Naphtali is going to battle, which is near Kadesh, in a place called Alon B'Tzananim. Okay, and it is told to Sisra. Remember who Sisra is, the commander, the Sartzava, of the army of the forces of Yavin, king of Canaan. Ki Allah Barak, Baravinom, Hartabar. And it is told to Sisra, you're not going to believe it, but Barak Baravinom is coming to confront you in the north in Hartabar. 
And Sisra amasses his army and the whole nation, all of those chariots of iron. And Devorah says to Barakum, get up. And Devorah, the prophetess, the Neviah, the Shofeta, says to Bar, get up, because this is the day that God has given Sisra into your hands. It's going to be like the biggest miracle, like the Six-Day War in the um, West Point Military Academy. They teach lessons from all kinds of modern-day warfare. But they don't teach from the Six-Day War. Why not, says one of the main commanders there, because we learn from strategy of warfare. We don't learn from miracles. We can't learn anything or teach anything from the Six-Day War because even the Umas Olam recognized how miraculous it was. There's going to be a big miracle here. This king who has been subjected to them harshly, remember that the Pashuk says, They've been oppressed for 20 years. The tide's going to change. There's going to be a mighty victory. It's going to be so miraculous. You can't explain it according to Teva. And Barak goes down from Mount Tabor with his 10,000 men and God confounds the army of Sisra and all of his riders and the whole camp according to sword of Barak. And Sisra runs away. Now we are then told, The army of Sisra, there's not one person even left. They all fell according to sword. But Sisra runs away. He runs now remember, who has pitched his tent on the border of Naphtali in the north? Chever HaKaini. Sisra's running away, and he's looking for refuge. And where does he end up? At the tent of who? Ya'el. Who's Ya'el? The wife of Chever HaKaini. Kishalom ben Yavin Melchatzar ben Beis Chever HaKaini. Because these Canaanites from the house of Chever, they had peace with Yavin, the king of Chatzar. So Sisra thinks he's just found the embassy. Here I'm safe. I found the embassy of the Kadis. They're going to take me in. The Israelites under Devar and Barak cannot get me here. She's going to seduce him. Come, my master, do not be afraid. And he goes into her tent and she covers him. Now I want to quote from the Steinzot's Nevi'im. It appears the Canaanite men had got out to perform their daily chores. Only Yael, who heard the sounds of war from afar, came out to greet Sisra. Already at this stage, she was planning her next move. She thought pleading and seduction to ensure that Sisra would enter no other tent. Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me. Yael could have granted him refuge and subsequently handed him over to Barak, but she preferred to take matters into her own hands, as you will see. It is possible that she was a member of a tribe of Israel, perhaps from Zvulin or Naphtali. And she wanted to seek revenge against the enemy of her people. Alternatively, if she was a Kani, it's possible she was motivated by the friendship between the Kanites and the Israelites. She takes him into the tent, and he's very tired. Please, can I have a drink of water? Instead of giving him water, she gives him milk, which makes him sleepy, and she covers him. And he says to her, stand by the entrance of the tent. And if anyone comes and says, is there a man here? You should say, no, there is no man here. And Yael, the wife of Hever, takes the tent peg. And she takes it in her hand. Listen to Pasuch of Aleph. While he was sleeping from the milk, Yael takes the tempeg. She grabs a large hammer in her hand. She comes bilat. We need to talk about what that is. 
She uses the hammer to drive the temp peg into his temple, a soft spot close to the brain. The blow is fatal. The peg descends. It sinks into the ground. He was asleep. He was exhausted. It goes through his brain, and he dies. Behold, Barak is chasing after Sisra. Yael comes out to meet Barak, and she says, Your battle is over. Come, I will show you the man that you are seeking. She brings him, Barak, to the tent. Sisra has died, has been killed. The tent peg is through his skull. And God, on that day, humbled Yavin, the king of Canaan, subjugated Yavin, the king of Canaan, before the Bnei Yisrael. I want to specifically talk about, and the Paragans, the hand of the children of Israel became gradually firmer over Yavin, the king of Canaan, until they eliminated Yavin, the king of Canaan. I want to talk about when I was preparing this parak, something struck me very, very fascinating. And Pasuk of Aleph, Latikach, what a parak, what heroines, led by Devaru and Ya'al, there was victory to Kal Yisrael. Latikach Ya'al, Eishes Chever, and Ya'al, the wife of Chever, takes this tempeg, she takes a hammer, Vatavo Elav Balat, it's Shovtim Parak Dalet, Pasuk of Aleph, Bez Lamed Aleph Tes, she comes against him Balat, this is an interesting word, I was very taken when I was preparing this parak because in Megillus Rus, we have another heroine of Am Yisrael, the mother of Melech HaMashiach, Rus who marries Boaz, Listen to Rus, Paragimel, Pasuk Zion. Vayochal Boaz, Vayisht, Vayitav Libo, Vayavau, Lishkav, Bektsei Ha'arama, Vatavo Belat, Vatagal Marglosa, Vatishkav. The night of the proposition, the proposal, when Rus presents herself to Boaz, that he should marry her and he should establish a name for the deceased. One night of their union, the Majesty tells us the next day Boaz dies. Ayocha, Boaz, Boaz ate the night. She comes down to the granary. She anoints, she washes, not in that order, washes, anoints, dresses herself. She goes down to the granary and Boaz eats and he drinks and his heart is content and he goes to lie down at the edge of the pile of grain. Vatavo Balat. Rus comes Balat. Now, I'm just going to point out that in Megillus Rus, it's spelled a little bit differently than here in Shoftim. In Ya'el, by Ya'el, Perek, Dal, Pesach of Alpha of Shoftim, our Perek, Vatavoi Lav Bala, Bez, Lamed, Aleph, Tes. In Megillus Rus, Perek, Gimel, Pesach, Zayin, Vatavo Bala, Rus comes, Bez, Lamed, Tes. I'll just tell you, I don't really have time to tell you this. However, I will tell you that I saw in a sefer called Rising Moon on sefer Rus, Megillus Rus, that this, by Rus, it's a reference to Lot. Vatavo Balat, Bez Lamites, it's a reference to Lot. Why? Because, of course, Rus comes from Mov, and Moz comes from Lot. But that's not the purposes of our share today. It's extremely interesting that by both of these heroic women, both Ya'al, who saves Ka Yisrael, and Rus, who saves Ka Yisrael, both come Balat. What does Balat mean? It means secrecy, mystery, enchantment. For your reference, you see it a number of times by the Makos. Look up Shemos Perek Zion, Pesach of Beis, Shemos Perek Ches, Pesach Gimel. By Yasu Kain, Chartumi Mitzrayim, Bilatehem. By Makos Dama, Makos Tzvardeya. The Chartumim of Egypt were able to replicate Dom and Tzvardeya, blood and frogs, Bilatehem. With their enchantments, with their secrecy, with their mystery, with their incantations. So it is a word that we do see in Torah, in Nevi Torah, by the Makos, Nevi'im here, Shoftim, 
I'm sure there's many other times perhaps as well that I'm not aware of, I don't know. And in Rus, Ktuvim, it means secrecy, mystery, enchantment. And in the case of these two great women, Chachmos, Nashim, Ban Sabesa, Vivas, Beadar, Tarasena, we learned that together. Anachyomi, cycle to, I taught it to you in Mishle, it's Mishle, Perak, Yudal, Pazuk, Aleph. It is the wisdom of the woman that builds the home. The foolish one destroys it with her hands. Rus understood that she had to come with a secret, mysterious enchantment. So that Boaz would marry her and father offspring. And from that union comes Malach HaMashiach. And Yael comes, and we know that every word in Tanakh is not an accident. It is with intent. Yael comes the same. But Tavoy love Balat. A woman has a certain Chachmah. The Chachmah bina das bina yaser nasla isha yosemir bi'ish nida 45b. Woman has an extra degree of intuition more than a man. And in both of these cases, these heroic women save Kaiso with a sense of secrecy, mystery, enchantment. Not a cunning, not a deceit, but using their wisdom to save see that The wisdom of the women, the women of Kaiso, will be able to bring the Geula, the special kochos of Baruch who gave us. Kaiso has victory. Hashem, I look forward to continuing the story tomorrow. Tomorrow, Parakei, Shiras Devorah. Thank you for studying together. Lilu in Nishamot, Imautenu Hayakarot, Esther Oppenheimer Laosham, and Sarah Shankar Laosham, each deeply devoted and proud to transmit their family's Torah legacy to the next generations. Call Tov and thank you to all.